Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Hi, folks. This is Gabriel. This episode, couple episodes you're going to like, so look for part two on this. Cops versus me. <laughs> you're going to love it. Every morning we had a briefing at the cable company where Fred and I worked, and it was called Coachella Valley Cable Company. And before we began our routing of all the jobs we had, we each had about 10, 14 jobs, uh, of where we were going on our jobs, our supervisor started telling us this time in the briefing about the local cops needed bad guys once a year. They had an exercise at a abandoned motel in Coachella, the town of Coachella, in the Coachella Valley, where we lived. Whoever wants to go, be there at 6.30 on this day. And then the supervisor gave us the address. Friend and I looked at each other. Hell yeah, we're going we were the wild cats of the cable company. And then we began to route where we were going that day with our map books. They didn't have GPS then. We only had uh, cell phones, you know. And we also had um, f- um, what do you call f- radios in our trucks. So, you know, there was that too. The day finally came. I was so excited. That's Fred. All Fred and I talked about that whole week until Friday. You know, when it happened. And we were going to show those cops. I was done about 1 o'clock. That gave me time for a nap. I didn't sleep much. Now, let me explain. I got to explain what that means, a nap. I usually got done about 12. They'd give us 10 to 14 orders. It was Friday, so we only got like 8 to 10 orders, depending on who it was. And <clears throat> a lot of guys chased the clock. I chased um, the jobs. I worked different than those guys. They were trying to get the hours. So I still got the same hours as them. I just got it done by 12 o'clock usually, and I'd take a two-hour nap, and then I'd have my, I'd park it in the garage, and I'd have my wife listen on the radio, and if my call sign came up, she'd come get me and wake me up. Okay, now you get my nap. I had, uh, so I didn't sleep much that day on my nap. I tossed and turned. I had to get the truck back 
And so that meant I had to leave my house at 4.30, get the truck back by 5, check in, so I could race home to meet Fred. Fred was there waiting for me. He says, Gabe, I don't feel very good. I don't think I'm going to go. What? What's the matter, Fred? We were counting. I was counting on you to do this. I just feel sick. You go ahead, Gabe, and have fun. I'm going to go home. In my excitement to beat those cops, I didn't realize what was going on right in front of me. Why would I look? I trusted my wife, and I trusted Fred. Why would I look? Off I went, though. I was so excited. Now, to realize where I lived in Cathedral City, go on the Google and you'll see the map of Coachella Valley or Palm Springs. I lived right off of Ramon and uh, Day Palm. And that means I could throw a rock to a Palm Springs. So Palm Springs is the furthest west of the valley, okay? And I had to go to the furthest east of the valley as far as you could get. About a 40-minute drive, so you kind of get it. I got there about 640, something like that, 645. There were cars and trucks everywhere surrounding this abandoned motel. This was going to be a big deal, I thought to myself. So I came up quiet like the man was talking already and said, I'm from the cable company to one of the guys. They sent me out here for some kind of paintball battle. And um, I'm supposed to be a bad guy, I guess. The guy directed me over to the truck where they had all the paintball guns and all the protection gear. After I was fitted with all my gear and paint gun and all that good stuff, the man was talking. He, I came just in time. Listen up. Thank you for coming. The local PD and the state troopers really appreciate you coming to this exercise for them. We're going to start breaking off by two teams. The PD against the volunteers. As you can see, this motel is shaped like a horseshoe. Your job will be to capture the flag at the end of the motel of the horseshoe. The police officers will be staged first on both sides of the motel. You volunteers, you're the bad guys, and you're going to try and make it through the gauntlet and capture the flag. I thought to myself, 
itself? That's a kill box. Nobody's going to make it through that. I haven't said a word yet because I don't know nobody. So there's no blustering from me like the other guys. We'll get them. We'll kill them. Yeah. No, not me. I just, obviously, they had done all this before, and they, at this same motel, so they knew all the ins and outs every year, year after year, I thought to myself. These men that are referees, if you shoot them, you're automatically gone. Okay, just know if anything happens to them, the man said, we will find out who shot them. They are the referees. Sergeant so-and-so, introduce yourself. And Captain Sir, so-and-so, please introduce yourself. If they tell you to leave the field of fire, you leave. If they tell you you've been shot, you do not argue with them. You go and wait at the rally point around the motel. For the next exercise to begin. So these cops are all excited and they're geared up with their own private paintball guns and gear and I'm sure they're rapid fire and I'm sure the guns are, well, listen, they're beautiful guns. Some are tiger striped, some are chrome and shiny and, I mean, beautiful guns, right? You could tell they've been doing this a while, right? What they didn't know is I'm Gabriel. Wait till they get a load of me. And I don't play by anybody's rules. I make up my own. Now remember, this whole time, I'm a wallflower. I'm insecure anyway, so when I don't know anybody, I talk and I I don't talk and I observe. You know, the man speaking and giving instructions had a megaphone. And he said, when I say begin, you'll hear a horn. And he demonstrated the air horn on his megaphone. One blast means begin. Two blasts mean the flag's been taken and taken and the exercise is over. Anybody caught shooting after the exercise is over and will be asked to leave, anybody, as far as I could see. There were only three ways to get that flag, I thought. Remember, it's a horseshoe-shaped motel, but at the end where the flag was placed in the middle, There were also two exits off to the back of the motel where, uh, who knows, 
maybe one for garbage and one where the maid would come through or something. You know, two exits there and one big one where you would park your cars. Get it? I hope I've explained this right. There was a series of three buildings to create a horseshoe shape. I hope you get it. Obviously, the cops have been doing this a long time. And we weren't allowed to watch each other set up. But I knew there was going to be kill zones. And I knew where they were. At all three possible entries. Duh. So, you know, the crossfire in the back entrances is going to be phenomenal. I'm sure these cops, you know, already had a their own briefing and, okay, you go here and you go here and we'll get them in a lazy W crossfire. Look it up on the Google. That's how the Vietnams did it. Anyways. I hope I explained it well enough. One referee was in the back by the flag so he could observe the two back entrances. And if they got hit, they got hit, you're out. And he'd point, you know. And then the other referee was in the front where all the uh, trucks were parked and probably where the head office was of the motel back in the day he had a clear view of the gauntlet in case anybody was stupid enough to go down that parking lot kind of thing you know where all the cars are diagonally parked if you were in the motel you know what I'm saying it was time they made all of us volunteers wait by the truck around the corner of the motel so we couldn't see where the cops were hiding. The horn sounded. Beep! Now, I didn't tell you this part. There were the same amount of bad guys as there were police officers, 20. And the slaughter began. Some guys thought they would go in the back way. Well, all the windows had already been broken out so nobody hurts themselves and cleaned up year after year. And out the front of the motel and the back of the motel, all the windows were gone. Just a brick shell, you know. You can picture it. Come on, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so these volunteers were easy targets going the back way. This must have been the first time for them. I just watched, and I was hiding by a truck. Not hiding, but I wasn't going down yet. I'll let the gung hoes go first, and... I'll get I'll learn the terrain where they're shooting from, I thought. 
They even had guys on the roof. Cops think they're so smart. Snipers, you know, on the roofs of the... um, And really, it was a good formation. You could tell they've done this before. Overwatch and everything, the snipers. What they didn't know, I was about to get into the fight. It had been about five minutes now. And that's a long time in a firefight. Folks, if you've ever been in one, it feels like a hundred years. And then it just numbs you, you know, and then you just, whatever you're doing, you keep doing to stay alive. All the heroes are dying or dead now. Now it was my turn. I had been watching everything, looking for a way in. Then I spotted it. I took my gun. I hid it under my shirt, down my pants, and I saw the referee start walking down the middle of the gauntlet. So I walked up to him. And I started a conversation. He kept walking. Thank God. (laughs) I know what you're doing, he said to me. I said, has anyone ever done this before, I asked. And see, I had to keep the conversation going. We were talking back and forth. I wasn't even looking at the gauntlet. You know, I was looking at him like we were old friends. He looked at me and started laughing, and I started laughing too. And he said, no, no one's ever had the balls. Well, I'm from back east, and I'm crazy. My name's Gabriel, by the way. What's yours? Captain so-and-so from the Palm Springs Police Department with authority, you know. We shook hands, and we were walking right to towards the back of the motel. Real slow. We weren't in a hurry. Towards the flag. Nice to meet you, Captain so-and-so. I said, We were about five feet from the flag. I said, okay, sir. It was a real pleasure to meet you, but I got to go to work now, I said. He replied, you're going to have a lot of bad cops on your hands. And he was laughing. He said, good luck, son. They're going to know who you are now. You realize that. And the next exercise, they're all going to be laying and wait for you. That's okay, I said. I'll figure something out nice to meet them with, Cap. And with that, I leaped to the flag and pulled it out of the sand. And the horn sounded twice. Half the cops didn't realize what happened. They were too busy blasting away at guys. And um, 
with their brand new beautiful pink guns. And the other half saw what I did. They started complaining, that isn't fair, you know. And we thought he was the referee. And the referee that was speaking to me, the captain, so-and-so, be careful what you're saying, next officers. You're telling me you assumed he was a referee. What if I was a hostage? There was already a referee down there by the flag, and I walked down to the other referee. You were told there was only two referees. Next time you get a perp that outsmarts you, tell him that it ain't Here's fair. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not, cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Close to the ones you're here. Close to the ones that we lost. Quiet, I'm trying to do a podcast down here.